You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 197 of East Century and his favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by producer, co-host extraordinaire, Zach Burcham and Jesse Riddle. And then, Zach, you're going to introduce our special guest. <laughs> I've been running around a bunch. So special guest is Billy Cardwell. He's a financial advisor. He's going to tell us everything that we're doing right and wrong. And uh, we're going to discuss all kinds of fun stuff. The stimulus update, um, the Robinhood, GameStop, all that fun stuff. Uh, cryptocurrency. That's probably why Jesse's here to get some. He's into the crypto. And then just discuss some other general events. For some reason, my phone is showing a video of Dakota Davis and his <laughs> wife. But I have no idea why. I think because in the Patreon, if people join the Patreon, the, the, he, it's his video in there. He, it's it's officially Dakota. Next, I know. So then it just auto rolled into something else. Yeah, it was, was a video with Dakota and Audrey at the <laughs> wedding. I was like, "Why is this on my phone?" It was a great introduction, looking at a wedding though, too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I look at my phone and it's like, I didn't even know it turned it on. All um, right. Well, so this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Jesse, did your did when we were starting and, and Zach was pressing the button. You were motioning wildly to your headphones. Did they break again? Do we? No, have, I was here. We need like to put a, in a service ticket. No, it just sounded like there was something going on there back here. <laughs> it sounded like there was like a refrigerator running or like something was like grinding. I don't know. I don't. It was very strange. Hard to know. There's. I mean, we're we're surrounded by a road on three sides. We're at. We're <clears> in very busy downtown Newcastle, Indiana, at the uh, Boss Hog Studios. Impossible to know. Antifa knows where you are now. <sighs> yeah, it's okay. That's okay. As soon as I get my vaccine, uh, I'm going to interface with the iPhone. So it's going to be, it'll be fine. Apple will know. Yep. So we're going to, first, we're going to thank the Patreon folks who do a great job of keeping the lights on and the heat on. It's a little, it's warming up in Indiana, but it's still pretty cool. I kind of thought about not turning the heat on today, but thanks for turning it on. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those classic Midwestern, it won for the wind, and it was like, it's not, you just stand outside. And if you're in an area where it's chilled, you're like, this is pretty nice. If the sun, if you're in the sun and then the wind hits you and you're like, the wind literally feels like air conditioning in your face. So, um, so we're going to thank the people that help pay the bills. And then we're, if you contribute $50 or more a month, then you get your name shout out every episode. So thanks to Chris Lamb, Christy Avery and Jonathan Phillips. And then we've got the and Andy Moore Buick GMC where we send all of our co-hosts to buy their cars, except they sold the car that I tried to get Jesse to buy. So he went somewhere else. <laughs> then we got the Anthony Meyer GoFundMe. I think all the links for the T-chip stores are so conveniently already in the chat. Thanks to Andrew Bowman, who is uh, taking over my responsibilities from over there, over here. <laughs> so I'm not digging on my phone the entire time. So check out the T-chip stores, uh, tchip.com backslash bhol one two three four and mug for all of the bhol merch. And Jesse tells me that I owe you an apology for parading you, as you said you demanded a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, I feel, 
I am not like I, when I'm here and Dakota's here. Dakota runs a video, right? And he's just smooth because he's done it a million times. I'm getting smoother at it, but I figured out if I don't do things in a certain order, it undoes things I do. And I, get up, I was like, well, I'm not going to get up in the middle of the show and use the bathroom, so I go to use the bathroom real quick because everybody's just sharing away. And I was I was quick. And you're then, like, a, well, you're then you're I was afraid the that you're ready to hit the button, and then you're like, I'm going to go use the bathroom. I'm like, we're live, dude. Like I'm sharing it. Yeah. And I'm like. He's like, you want me to hit the button now? I'm like, no, because then it's, what it's, What the hell am I going to do here? It's not start, mid It's not I mid start show. the show and you've got like... It, you can edit without, it out. Oh my God, I haven't edited something in months. But the only it, feedback I've ever gotten is that you should edit. <laughs> <laughs> but it would take away the natural feel. Uh, that was literally the only feedback I've ever gotten. They're like, hey man, I checked in on that show you're on. I just think you guys should edit that. I'm like, it's not my show. Yeah. Yeah, we do edit it. We send it through the software that uh, that makes it sound better, and you guys get a live to tape experience. I like it, commercial free, conceivably live. Yeah, this Billy is this the best podcast you've ever been a part of? This is the first live podcast I've ever been a part of, right? But yeah. yes, also the it's best the podcast best. Yeah. I've ever been a part of. Yeah. This is this is as good as it's going to get. This is this is all you get, people. We're like this is an established the the mic flags. First of all, we have mic flags. Second of all, they say twenty seventeen. We've been around a minute. This is the this is the formula. Whether we like it or not, we are married to it. I mean, the third venue for you this just podcast, print whatever you want on them, though. <laughs> yeah, but they're. I mean, we. I'm just saying. I don't know that Dakota does that. I'll, literally, <laughs> all I do is I schedule the host, I make the back end stuff work, and I and I show up to host it. And I do. I, and I made the show notes this week, but that's normally not my thing. That's why they're they're inferior again. Well, that's I think the notes look great. But if you are, well, the formatting's not. Dakota would complain. It's the, it's the best Boss Hogs of Liberty show notes I've ever seen. Well, if you join the Patreon at any level, you get them weekly. Can you get them archive? Can you get the archives? Uh, yeah, they are all in the Facebook group. Yeah. He posts. Yeah, he posts them in the Patreon group. Yeah, I was, so every one of them. Really and you and and just how special the Patreon people are. You don't get them really much faster than because <laughs> normally it's. I get a message, boom, here are the show notes, and usually within 60 seconds, I get a notification that they've been posted in the Patreon group. So you're not getting something that we've, like, hashed out. and look, no, You're getting the show notes that the hosts and guests <laughs> get at the same time that the hosts and guests are probably getting it. We're really opening the curtain up today. But yeah. basically, you're, you know, <laughs> years ago, Dakota would make the notes, and, and the whole thing would be the group chat, and then it would get turned into – it would be a beautiful process, and the show notes would come out like a day or two ahead of time. And then it became Dakota's going to do them on his lunch break. And then there have been days where it's like, hey, you got show notes? Oh, I got kind of busy, so uh, no. So then at 5.15, Jeremiah's thrashing to make show notes as Sarah's making I'm, dinner, and that's where you – I'm okay with running the board. the bell. I'm okay with helping with the video, <laughs> but I just sit back and watch the show notes thing happen. I'm like, nope, not going to be anything I'm worrying about. Not not your issue. And we've done some without them too, but I feel like it's a value we provide. There's links, there's topics, there's things there. So I feel like it's an, it's important to the uh, it's important to the the user experience. It's one of the extras you get for being a contributor or a donor to the show. All right, uh, <laughs> we've been covering COVID for. I guess darn near a year now. Uh, so <laughs> reading it into the record at this point, just uh, just so that people can go back and remember what uh, what happened. Uh, we went two steps on the vaccine ladder, Zachary. In like in like 36 hours. Like in that. a week, it was 60 and it was 55 and now we're at 50. And I my contention has been that now we're into the thread of anti-mask wearing boomers who just won't sign up. <laughs> so... So they're just not getting – they're just choosing the hell with it. So they've had their opportunity. They get a day or two, and then they just drop it again. Maybe that's apparently, not the case. Apparently. Well, I mean, 
the the percentages that are in the notes are pretty staggering where it dropped from 70%, 70%, 56% for the 60 to 69 group. And then the 50 to 59, 28% take rate. But they've only had it for Yeah, the five 50 days. to 55. But, I mean, that tells you, though, the 50. The fact that they went from 55 to 50, like, I think it was only consecutive days almost. It was yeah. almost like Monday to Tuesday. Yeah, when I said, hey, it's 50 now, they are like, no, it's 55. No, 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 really. It just, it moved again. Yeah. I mean, just so, quickly. so, I mean, they must have been, like, we're having to open up these vials. We need to get them out, so. Is that how they determine it? Is, like, how much they're throwing away at the end of the day? I don't think I don't they're know. throwing anything away, but I, my my gut feeling is that they are trying to provide and Billy, you may know better than I do from some, some of your experience with the healthcare side, but, uh, or your exposure to the healthcare side, but I've got a feeling that they're giving you the opportunity. And if they don't have enough demand, they're going to drop it down because they've got all of these sites and you've got to keep, keep the vaccine going. So if the sites aren't busy, you're going to drop it down again. So my, my wife's a nurse practitioner and does a lot of family office care. And, uh, she said that a lot of her patients that have been going through it, uh, they were waiting at the end of the day. So they were missing the signups because the signups were all full. But if somebody wouldn't show up, they were still giving shots to people at the end of the day. So they weren't throwing, throwing away anything. Right. And they would have a wait list, you know, like 10 people. And they'd get through six that day. And if you come up the next day, you'd be the first four on the wait list if you didn't get it. And so it looks like they're they're going through what they have. It'll be – I think we are. you, you kind of hit it on the head. I think we're getting to the age range where – it's a little less serious because they've been told now for a year, if you don't have a preexisting condition or if you're not unhealthy, there's a good chance you're going to beat it. And uh, so we'll see. I, I, I'd like to see those rates uh, start to increase just so that we can get back to a normal life again. But we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what that looks like as we keep lowering the ages. Yeah, the, it, I was reviewing the Henry County data here because that's, that's where we live. So that's all we really care about. Um, <laughs> not true. Uh, but I, I believe it, our own data here in Henry County was that 95% of the deaths were ages 50 and above. So everybody that's in the most at-risk category is now eligible for the vaccine. Uh, now, somebody may say this, look, the governor's 52. So they dropped it from 55 to 50 just so that the governor can get a IMS this weekend for the photo op because he is the photo op governor. He probably yeah. already got his back. <laughs> He's I'll supposed to be getting it, uh, the Johnson & Johnson on Friday, on Saturday. I'll tell you uh, what, that one's only like 65% efficient. <laughs> But it's only one shot, isn't it? Is yeah, that it's, one shot, it's one shot, but it's it's only like its efficiency is only around like sixty five. So, are you going to be like a vaccine snob and and shop for the right one? You're no. only going to take one of the. Apparently, two. they said when you sign up, you can tell what sites are giving out which ones. You can. So I, I signed nice. up two coworkers uh, when we reached. This you threshold. should be on the payroll because you are every because <laughs> Jeremiah is on it when it drops. He's like, hey, everybody, here's a link. And by the way, if you want to get it done today, just go to Rushville. Yeah. Rushville evidently has got the shortest lines in central Indiana for getting it done. I looked a, a number of times and it was like I got somebody an appointment for Monday in uh, in Muncie on the, on the day of. Uh, so when it dropped on Tuesday or whatever, it was the following Monday. There were appointments there. Newcastle's running about three weeks out. It's late March to get an appointment here in Newcastle. Uh, but I started looking at Rushville when it was it first came out. There was only two like every county. You, two counties clustered together and you had a site. So the Rushville hospital was the site for Henry County. Uh, so I started looking down there and that's where people were getting their appointments. You can get a Pfizer shot at one thirty this afternoon. You can get one today. Like you can, there's eight, 10 appointments a day available in Rushville still. So yeah, you've got, you, you could shop around and get them whenever you want. Like I have friends that have gotten them that are like only in their forties. Like they just, they just go and get them like they schedule them out. Well, they started to crack down on that because then he was talking about the the left the list at the end of the day the call, like the short call list they had a few left 
And at first they were just, I heard that, like, I think we mentioned this before, there was a Walmart that was like prioritizing teachers for that list. And I don't think they were doing anything shady, but they were just saying, hey, we got teachers on the list. We'll bump them up at the end of the day for those leftovers. And then the governor came in and said, hey, you guys do that. You, you're no longer a site anymore. We're so, going to shut you down. So in the last week, it has been comical because <laughs> I, I, I've been making this joke and they finally, it finally went away this week. But it's literally felt like, okay, anybody but teachers. Teachers, yeah. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. Health, yeah. If you're an embalmer, you could get the vaccine. If you worked in a nursing home, you could get a vaccine. If you're a physical therapist, you could get the vaccine, but not the teachers. They're absolutely yeah. not. So I, it started to read like, okay, well, it just, it was, it was almost comical how, how they were. And not meanwhile, the, carved the states around us are prioritizing teachers. Like Ohio pulled vaccines out from the general population just for teachers. They not just said teachers, you can go get it. They pulled a batch out specifically said, these are for teachers. And then in Indiana, we're just like, he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to help take care of the educators and just, uh, just forgot. Oh, we forgot about you again, guys. What happens, sorry. So it does seem unfair if you say, okay, just the teachers. Well, what happens to the teacher's aid or this? Well, I'm assuming they meant just like frontline educators. I'm not sure if it was just like teachers, but it was the part, the, the governor of Ohio, I know specifically said, we need to get kids back in school. Um, I was even talking to a nurse practitioner in a pediatrician's office, and she said it's kind of insane that just kids just don't get it. And if they do get it, you don't even know they have it. It's like she's like they're bouncing on. They'll come in here. We'll have a kid test positive. And he's bouncing off the walls. Like he's perfectly – he's okay. She said, but the teacher – like the edu- the teachers are who was kind of – I don't know anybody else, but like a lot of teachers usually, especially they're either fresh out of – they seem to be always fresh out of college or they're in their 50s. Or even their sixties, and they're still teaching, and you feel bad for some of those people. Like they're gambling going to work every day because you never know how the kids are being. And some of the schools in Newcastle that did have to shut down temporarily or go virtual, it was because of staff. It wasn't because of kids. So it was just comical, just like yeah, just every time that they would so drop it. All of this teacher talk came to an end because Biden. the federal government yeah. has a program now. Uh, I guess it's going to be administered through the Walmart. Through the Walmarts, <laughs> the Walmart, the, the Walmart, Walmart. Uh, not Sam's Club, just the Walmarts. Uh, I don't know if it's all Walmarts or just the ones that sell beer because they have a pharmacy, or if it's the you know if you got to go to Super Walmart. I don't know that part of it. I suspect that ours here will have it, but federally they've got this program now yeah. where teachers can get it, and I guess every veteran, everybody eighteen and over that's a veteran is now sold now eligible. So we are slowly getting down the list, Zach. As the mid thirties dudes, we are we are looking maybe a month. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I think I even just saw. That and maybe maybe it has happened earlier, but people that are in active cancer treatment are not eligible to, no matter what their age are. Somebody who's in that situation posted that. I'm like, how has it been that? Long? I would think that like we don't seem to be. We just seem to do the age thing, and we did first responders first, and then we didn't do any of the other special groups. I guess it's kind of hard to manage that. And who's I think in that the group age was not. to reduce the amount of deaths. Like that's how they were doing yeah. it. Like because if you look at the death charts, it's just insane. Like. I think that that's where, like, when you start getting to the younger ages, that's where the nuance comes, right? And then that's where you should start. Maybe we shouldn't look at just age, but what you're doing, yeah. health, your health Pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions yeah. of some of the people, but yeah. Was- but that would take someone that actually, you know, cares and the government doesn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also at the point now where it's you're you're just trying to get the injection in as many people as possible. So every every person that you remove from the pool of, of potentially being able to have it, spread it, et cetera, et cetera, you're doing that much better. You're 
you're reducing the spread. And I, I think in our in our community, I think they were in the last week they've been averaging two to three positive tests a day. We've gone back to blue status, which is the lowest level status around. Now, when I have a sore throat, I think, well, maybe I have a sore throat. It's not, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my taste and smell and we're on the, we're right. on the ride. And your allergies calendar are back, is gone again. Your allergies are back to just being allergies. Yeah. I've got a calmness. I, I was thinking about this the other night as I was trying to fall asleep. I was like, I, I felt better about the where, where things are and where I'm at because by October, November of last year, it's like, I'm so tired of this ride of every time something's happening of I've got to go quarantine again. I've got to deal with yeah. this or this person was positive And now maybe, you know, we, we had that dance so many times last year, August, September, October, that just feels better, Zach. All right. You know what else makes us feel better? What's that? $2,800. Joe Biden said he was giving it to us as soon as he got elected or as soon as they elected Warnock or whatever the hell happened, Jesse. They, yep. The government promised us something, and they still haven't I'm delivered. Sure, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last week, it, the uh, the big giant one point nine bajillion dollar stimulus bill, uh, relief bill, whatever you want to call it, uh, moved from the House into the Senate. They've had a grand bargain, and we've got one key point that everybody seems to care about. They are going to keep the fourteen hundred dollars per person, kids, whatever you got, but it's going to be phased out. At $160,000 a year household income or $80,000 for an individual. Uh, and it's a very small little donut hole this time because uh, you get the full money up to $150,000 or $75,000. So that $10,000 little spot there is the is the window where you start to lose it. So the question is, Billy, should people file their taxes yet? It makes for a really interesting like uh, situation for a lot of people that had a very different experience in 2020, right? So some people uh, did really well in 2020, right? They, they earned a lot more. Others uh, did not earn what, they, what they're accustomed to earning. And, you know, whenever you're talking about taxes, um, I don't recommend we, we lie or cheat or steal or, or not pay what we're supposed to pay. But there are things in the tax code that allow for you to pay less, right? And, and with the stimulus, this is kind of one of them where if you had a really successful year in 2020, and you've made more than that hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty thousand, but in twenty nineteen you didn't. Well, they're giving stimuluses out based on uh, your last filed tax return, right? So they, whether that's twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, whatever they have on record, that's how they're going to send payments out, and it's not refundable, right? They're not going to come back and go after it again. So if you earned less in uh, or or under an amount in twenty nineteen, and then all of a sudden you made all this money in twenty twenty, and you're not going to be eligible anymore. I would not file my taxes and I would get that 1400 bucks a person. Right. So if you're married and two kids, that's a $5,600 difference. Um, I'm not really against just giving away $5,600 if it means not doing my taxes for another month. Cause nobody wants to do them anyway. Um, but at the same time, if 2020, uh, if COVID hits you really hard and you're used to making you're $200,000 yeah. and you've now you've gone to nothing and, and now all of a sudden you're going to fall under that limit absolutely file your taxes, file them as quickly as you can go get that stimulus. And, and, and hopefully 2021 is a lot better year for you and you get back to normal. Uh, so it makes a, it makes a pretty cool little planning point. Like I said, you know, like you're, you're not skirting paying taxes just for the, for the sake of not paying, but at the same time, it's an opportunity. Um, you know, and, and for some people, $1,400, uh, may not make or break their lives, but they're not going to say no to it. 
So there is uh, about a 10-day window here between now and March 14th that we're expecting the pundits, we're not, not us, but pundits are expecting uh, this bill to become law, sure. for this to get through the Senate and to, and to become law because that's where some of the unemployment uh, from the previous bill will ex- expire. So the expectation is, is in the next week and a half, this is going to happen. And then if the past is any anywhere close to accurate, some of the folks should see direct deposits potentially by the end of this month, maybe early April would be, sure. the, would be the guess. And then you would still have a couple of weeks to file your taxes after after this comes through. That's, and there, that's the theory. There are still some of those people that qualified for the first or the second round of the stimulus that, that for whatever reason didn't get the checks. And then when they file their taxes is when they're going to actually get those as well. So that's that opens up a whole different can of worms of, of people that are expecting a stimulus to come back to them that they never received the direct deposit in the first They never place. got it that time, but yeah. they don't want to file this time. So they may end up with $10,000 in their hand in a, in a hurry. I think there's some disclosure you're supposed to say about talk to your tax professional for that. But, 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 but anyway, every, everybody's situation is going to be different, but I would absolutely maximize what they're going to give you. I mean, if they're going to give it out anyway, you might as well take it. Yeah. And I was, I was one of those folks. I got the, the first round, uh, we got a direct deposit. And then the second round, I got one of the paper checks signed by uh, Lord Emperor Trump himself, <laughs> and it was it was it was mailed out the day of the insurrection. So I, it was <laughs> terrifying as to as to where my money was. It turns out it mailed from Kansas City, but uh, but it was uh, it was sketchy. I was I had no no idea if it was even come yeah, or not. even being mailed is a gamble <laughs> in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. It's the mail is still they're still struggling a bit. All right. And then I failed at the top of the show here to properly introduce uh, our, our guest here today, uh, Billy Cardwell. If you join the if you go listen to the Patreon, you'll get a little bit of color on Billy and how I actually got to know him. Uh, but at this point in his life, he is a uh, oh a financial expert uh, running. Is it Aurora Financial Strategies? It is. Uh, Kokomo, Indiana. So yep. up in Howard County, he made the uh, the big drive over to Newcastle today. Uh, so. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to. I guess let you t- take a moment, introduce yourself, what your company does, and then we're going to go through a few of the different financial aspects or issues that we've talked about in the conversation on the show over the last few months. Because it, yeah, it, it's it's definitely been something in the news, and I thought Billy would be the perfect time to finally drag him to Newcastle. Yeah, I appreciate that. I um, I'm Billy Cardwell. I started Aurora Financial Strategies in 2016. Uh, been in the industry, in the financial advice industry since 2008 when I graduated college. And I will say it's really difficult to go up to somebody and say, hey, I graduated last week. Let's talk about your life savings, right? Um, and so- They say, I, I bet I have more than you, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't go well. So yeah. I actually started, I was creating financial plans for other advisors across the country. And uh, it was a really good way to learn. Uh, also a really good way to, to kind of make mistakes, but, but, but to kind of help learn and, and build that foundation so that when I started Aurora Financial Strategies, um, I had some clients already built up that I was able to, to kind of take with me, um, but really just focus on helping the people I want to help. And, um, you know, we've, we've kind of adopted technology um, and, and my, relation, my business is a relationship business. Um, you know, you, you got to find somebody you trust to talk to about finances. They ask uh, your financial advisor is going to ask you probably uh, aside from your spouse, the most personal questions you're ever going to answer, right? What do you want to do when you grow up and and how do you want to get there? And and what do you make? And, and all those questions. So finding somebody you like, somebody you trust is important. And, and so as we've kind of grown this thing, um, we've really kind of focused on helping people just kind of take some of the stress and anxiety away from money. Right. And, and sometimes help them visualize what they want to do in the future, whether that's 
retire early, whether that's buy the second home, do all those type of things. Um, and we can do that in a lot of different ways, but we, we kind of build that out in a financial plan for most people. And, and knowing that uh, in 2020 is a really good example of this, but life never goes as planned. Um, so building enough flexibility in there to, to uh, make adjustments as things don't go as we have planned, or if there's an opportunity out there to be able to pounce on that. So um, yeah, 20, 2016 was when Aurora Financial Strategy started. We uh, have clients in, I believe, 16 states now um, and, and meet a lot of clients in person, meet a lot virtually. Um, but you know, like this, this industry is fun. It's rewarding. Um, but, but at the same time, I can't see myself doing anything different. I mean, I I talk to my friends all day and we solve some problems. So it's, it's a pretty good gig. So I started harassing you about getting to come on the show when, when the, uh, when the wall street bets shorts were coming along. Yeah. And, uh, I made, I made some big money. I think I, I bought one share of, uh, of the express on the on the exciting day in my in my HSA fund that Billy had uh, that Billy had helped me with, uh, so I had like thirty dollars available in in cash, and I uh, I bought myself a share, held it for like three hours, and I more than doubled my money. So I became a financial expert at that point, as as uh, most people did. But a lot of people got in trouble or didn't do quite as well. So are you uh, as as you're running the uh, the Aurora Empire? Are you are you on the Reddit threads checking checking stuff out at Wall Street Bets? Is that is this is this what you do? Yeah. We, we do not have a 50-50 portfolio of Dogecoin and GameStop right now. Um, but but I, would, I will say, you know, like there are, there are very much things that keep people interested in what's going on. Um, and I think, you know, as long as, as long as you have your bases covered on a lot of things, uh, heck, my, my own dad has a brokerage account that he does his own stuff with. So he, he's retired. He, he ran an electrical contracting business for years. I manage almost all of his money. For him, and, and we help him by sending distributions and doing these things. The day he retired, we took a sliver of that money and I put it in his own TD Ameritrade account. And I said, Dad, if you lose all this money, that's okay. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more. This is fine. what's going to keep you interested and invested. But don't tell me what to do over here because right. this is how you're going to live for the rest of your life, right? And and so I, I stay up on that stuff enough to be dangerous, I would say. Um, but it is really cool to, to kind of see – more light being shed on our industry and how things work. It's pretty cool to see more people interested in investing. Um, it's an abbreviated interest in investing, right? But but it's it's uh, it, it starts a lot of conversations. So you've had people download this the Robinhood app, which is what became very controversial when they started shutting people off from sure. trading certain stocks uh, about a month ago when the GameStop and AMC and some of the others were were discontinued. Uh, but it's it's to me it has almost gamified investing the same way as somebody will do as we're watching the Michigan Michigan State game with DraftKings or FanDuel. It's a very similar experience for people where you're you're basically just it, it, you're gambling. Yeah, sure. And and there's something to be said about entertainment, right? I mean, I, I told you a little bit earlier. I need Michigan State to keep scoring here. Uh, <laughs> I've got a whole five dollars on this game, so they they need to at least cover the spread, but. But but at the same time, you know, like we've as as we've as we've had some of these conversations, um, there's very much a difference between investing for your future and having fun with it, right? And and where some people, uh, like the YOLO calls, those scare me a little bit for the people that don't have the bases covered. And there's gonna you know, like you you look at it, some of those people in that Wall Street bets uh, Reddit thread where they've made a ton of freaking money. 
and there are others that got in at the very worst time and they have lost a ton of freaking money. And, and I'd love to be able to help some of those people, but, but like in the nature of what I do, I can't really force myself upon somebody and say, Hey, by the way, you need my help. Right. That's right. not how this works. They've yeah. got to raise their hand. They got to come volunteer yeah. and come over. And, and you know, like the, the way that some of that sentiment's going with just kind of all the public interest and all the money going in is it's going to keep working until it doesn't. And I think GameStop was a pretty good example of that. After a really meteoric rise, uh, the people that got out at a decent time made some money, but those that got in at the worst possible time thinking, man, this thing's going to the moon, uh, I believe is the saying with, with diamond hands and all that. But anyway, the, the stuff that's going to the moon is, uh, is going to keep trending upward until it doesn't. But when it doesn't, that door to get out, you know, there's a thousand people trying to exit a door that's about two feet wide. So GameStop, uh, it's up like a, it's $132 still. It's not the $8 stock right. it was. It's a winner. It's a, it's a big winner now. Yeah. It went, well, <laughs> it's a winner for some people. Uh, right. And it, it was, and, it was, uh, it was $13. It's max high was like 347. It had another high day at 327. Well, you, you dropped down to 40 50, bucks and like, now it is climbing. Again. The sixth you should see their 52 week. You should, they should have their 52 week low and 52 week high on that website somewhere. The six, the six month chart looks like a, a, uh, you had an earthquake and there's a couple <laughs> little tremors after it, but it's like nothing. And it just spikes. <laughs> That's COVID. You, I, I think 52 I, week high is uh $483, 52 week low, $2 and 50 cents. Yeah. You know, it's, what's really funny is, so one of the guys that's, that's with me and my company, uh, before he, um, came over, he had his own brokerage account with us and he actually had purchased GameStop for $2, uh, thinking, and, and his whole thesis on GameStop was, they're a cockroach, right? They're going to live long enough for somebody to come and acquire them for more than what they're actually worth because the assets that they have would be worth more, right? And, and we won't get into the technicals of that. But so he, he bought, sold, and and nearly quadrupled his money, sold in the seven somewhere. And he thought, man, that was one of the greatest trades I've ever done. <laughs> and then not nine months later, yeah. boom, just takes off. And so anyway, it's... it's uh, and he just doesn't want to even think about it. Well, Which is the same thing that, you know, Jesse's been big in crypto and that's what everybody says about their Bitcoin is, you know, I, you know, I bought some MP3 12 years ago with Bitcoin and it cost me $3 million. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a conversation. I think one of our patrons, uh, patrons was talking about in after last week's show notes. He said that he was involved in Bitcoin. Memoir. Like, yeah, like in the two thousands and that there were websites where that's how you had to pay. And so he's like, yeah, I had some money in Bitcoin. He's like, I lost the password to that digital wallet. And he's like, man, if I can remember right, he's like, there's a couple million dollars in there. <laughs> oh it's just lost in there. He's like, because back then he's like, it was pennies per bit, like bit per Bitcoin and not like hundreds of dollars per, it was the other way around. So the example I saw was there was a Starcraft tournament where the winner got $750, second place, third place. It was like 500, 250, fourth through seventh got like 750 Bitcoin. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then all of a sudden, oh man, that, that like if you think about that, like man, I won that StarCraft tournament, and then five years later, you could have been a billionaire. <laughs> so how does how does from your wearing your professional hat, how do you look at cryptocurrency? Is that as I look at it as a layman, I think okay, it's it doesn't, it, it's just like any other commodity, or it's it's something to be traded, but it doesn't actually produce something. So if you own a stock, it's got a PE ratio. It's actually potentially going to give dividends. It's yep. going to grow. Uh, Cryptocurrency is is just no different than owning Mexican currency, American currency, Canadian currency. 
Is that is that the way that your industry looks at it, or how does how is it interpreted? I don't see or is it, quite, it so new. I, I don't see it quite that way. I, I think I see it as you know, like the the coolest part about about cryptocurrency. I think for me is just the you know we don't go on a gold standard anymore anyway from from what it's worth. But but the, the ability to kind of get wealth transferred to the unbanked, but also like the technology behind how that is transferred. That's ridiculously powerful. Um, we don't own any cryptocurrency in client accounts. Uh, and, and part of that is the same reason why we don't own any GameStop in client accounts is when we build out portfolios for people, um, we build them based on where, number one, where we think things are going to go. But we have a model for when we're going to buy buy a share of XYZ stock and when we're going to sell it. And we, we have a way of, of, of putting some sort of a value to that. With Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin could continue to rise, right? but I'm not going to put my, my client's money in Bitcoin because that's a hunch, right? I don't want to invest on a hunch. And, and there are going to be times where I am wrong on, on our values for the, the stocks that we buy. I'd love to tell you we bat a thousand, but we don't. But over time, we have a really good formula for why we're buying and selling things. Not just, you know, like I think that's going to go up. Uh, and so where, where I think, um, you know, like Bitcoin and Dogecoin and Litecoin and, and Ripple and, and all those, like there is a future in those. And if you can tell me, the four or five uh, um, of those tokens that are going to really be around and have some staying power and some lasting value, you're going to make some money. Jesse, which, what's the one? Cardano. Cardano. They're Cardano. sponsoring Jimmy Johnson in IndyCar this year. Are they've they? got the big towers and uh, they've got the cars. You put a quarter in, you get a car. Uh, is that true? It's Carvana. I think. Oh, Carvana. No, Cardano. It's close enough. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know. But. Dogecoin is on a stock car this weekend in Las Vegas, though. Dogecoin's been on a car many times. They've done it a few times, but yeah, yeah. they're back this weekend. Yeah. In the uh, Xfinity Nationwide Bush Series car race or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, like some of those, uh, if if you, so like Dogecoin, essentially there can be as many of them as they ever want them to be, right? Is is part of It's of an inflationary currency, yeah. yeah. And, and just like the American dollar, that's, that, that's as much as a popularity contest as it is an actual investment, Yeah, but it could still increase in value. And, and there's been people that have gotten really, really rich. Cheerleader. Yeah. It's like beanie babies to me. <laughs> yeah. Like it's very similar to that where there's, or Do- Dr. Seuss books, apparently. Well, those uh, were going to go up in value because <laughs> clearly they're, I heard some of them were, yeah, some, some people look, tried to look them up on like eBay and they'd already, the six had already gone crazy. I, I Andrew, guarantee it. Andrew Bowman, his wife tried to sell one. He's in the chat. He's a, dedicated listener his wife tried to sell a dr seuss book yesterday got like 130 dollars for it and then ebay tried to cancel the transaction today why because ebay governs because, all that stuff because they are this is why the policemen centralized power is garbage yeah uh, the uh as far as jesse's concerned if you've heard of the website it's already too late it's a uh, it's trash <laughs> no, I'm just, i sell on ebay i've sold a cat in the hat book on ebay before not like not recently. now no but it was i mean years ago um before it was cool yeah, before before the hipsters were doing it. But um, it was part of that. I think it was probably when we went to the Goodwill, like where you pay by the pound. You just dug through the razor blades and the, and the, <laughs> and the needles heroin needles. To try to and find. I got a cat in the hat. Bro. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that I was sold the, it. That was one of the most scary experiences of my entire life. Jeremiah would going, not touch the clothes, by the way. He's I like, would I'm t- not touching these clothes. It wasn't even a pandemic yet, and I was weirded out. I can't. Does that place still exist in oh, COVID? Yeah. No, probably not. No. I don't know. It's they just have like pallets of trash, and you would pay. <laughs> I had a coworker that loved. That was his favorite day. It was paid by the pound day. I love it. There were like two warehouses in Indianapolis. One, one of them's just, just up the road from where I work. I, yeah, I think where I work. I think still that's there. the one I went to. Yeah. The yeah. um, 
the east yeah. side of Indy. Yeah, Shadeland. Yep. The uh, I will I want to correct you because not all currency is a commodity. There is decentralized finance built into some of these coins because some of these coins are programmable. Okay. Right. So you can you not only that like there's applications like <laughs> Billy said getting it into the unbanked is the main goal for most any coin that's worth its shit is like the people behind it they're trying to solve the unbanked problem. Um because you know, like they just they don't have banks, they can't send money. If they try to send money, they got to use they're going to get charged out the ass and fees. It's just insane. Um, so this the so the concept of being unbanked is is new to me. I guess is that yeah, a tr- this a is your privilege choice? showing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. But, a- but you think, but but you think that there are people that will that are unbanked because, but they're going to choose cryptocurrency. Like it, to me, it feels like because the they have cell phones. Would- no, they have cell phones. So okay. the. That most of them will have cell phones and access to the internet. They don't have the infrastructure for legitimate banking situations, and they also live in areas where, like, and they're not going to get an account what? on ally.com or something. Yeah, no, and like, so most of them are cash heavy, and so they don't even have credit histories and stuff. Like, it's a big problem. There's a really good interview by Charles Hodgkinson, I think is how I pronounce his name. I forget on TED where he kind of talks about this, and he's the guy behind Cardano, but. um at the time, I think he was still working with Ethereum, but uh, like that's one of the bigger goals. But then outside of that, there's what it can still bring to like our world, where right, is decentralized finance, and to their world where you will make interest on your on your money. So with Cardano and other one uh, other coins, you can put them up for staking, which is essentially kind of like putting in a savings account so your bank can borrow it, and you get paid. So it's interest bearing essentially. Yeah, like you make uh, annual, it's yields, annual percentage yield. Um, like I've got some money in one coin right now that pays me 6%. So I get 6% paid right back to me, which is awesome. Like I just put the money there and sure, like it's volatile, but I'm still collecting more of those coins. On average, it's paying, and it's paying you 6% back in, in additional coin. In the coin. Yeah, not dollars, right? Just in the coin, in the coin itself. Uh, so there, so there's those, right? And you can do that through Coinbase and stuff like uh, and there's several different coins that do that. Uh, there's also um, so other coins you can just do staking also, and you can, you know that you get paid differently. And um, another one that I'm like heavy in is called like Pivx, which is like a privacy coin. And part of decentral, like part of the goals, right, is to decentralize this network. That's and that's kind of what staking helps do as well. Is if you stake your your coins, you're helping decentralize the power and putting the coins all across the globe versus like in Fort Knox or whatever. Right. Um, and Pivx has the same kind of concept too. You can stake as like a stakeholder or you can like, if you have so much and you stake so much, you become like what you call like a master node runner owner. And like those people help are like, yes, I'm putting this here and I'm running a node on the network and this will maintain and they will pay you to keep, you get paid to maintain that. Uh, and you get voting rights and stuff and how things work and et cetera. So you have all of that, right? And then there's, um, I mean, there's so many. Like, you if you go into Coinbase and you want to learn, they they give training videos. They're very very simple to go through, and you you earn free crypto in that currency that you learn about by learning about it by learning about it, and you learn about like it's not just like oh I've got this digital token. It's not that. There's it's. It's so much more than that, and we're literally still scraping the surface. And like, do you think it's real though, or do you think you're uh, 
you're just you're just being given you think you're watching a video but you're just you're really you're just getting no i think some of them are some of them no i think some of them might be like that but i i respect coinbase like because i did really good on like uh the sims and farmville and stuff and i feel like some of this <laughs> i mean you can cash it out immediately right yeah like what, if you don't believe in it you can cash right. it out that's, it, that's it's always in it. it's always also going to have i mean it's always only going to be worth what somebody else is going to pay for it right right it's, i mean that, that that's part that's part of the system and and part of what scares me about uh some of the crypto market is you know like in my industry um there are a lot of compliance measures that are taken to make sure people are taken care death. of. You're, you're on one side of we're regulated to death and there are still people that are in my business for the wrong reasons. Right. And, and it's not, a, it's not every day you see, but there are Ponzi schemes out there and there are people that are selling uh, really bad products to old ladies that they don't need because it can make them the most amount of money. And like the, the problem with some of the crypto space is a lot of those people haven't necessarily been subject to that kind of stuff before. And wherever there's money to be made, there's going to be some sort of predatory oh, yeah. nature out there. And, and so like, heck I, I even see like on, on my Facebook feed, you can see people that are like, ask me now about how to buy Bitcoin. Look how much I made in a day and all these. And like, there's no compliance regulation to stop some of that stuff. So I would just be a little bit more hesitant to dive all the way in on some of that stuff. Just and, and, well, with anything, I mean, we're, we, 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 we I, I'm not an all your eggs in one basket guy in the first place, but, but I still think that there is a future in in that type of space. And, and the premise behind why you would do it is really cool. This is the first year that you've seen cryptocurrency on your federal taxes as well, right? Uh, I haven't filed yet, but it will be the first year that I file with my crypto right. stuff because there may or may not have been a time when like that stuff wasn't getting reported. So it is what it they is. didn't ask, so you don't. You well, I mean, like, volunteer. I mean, one of my exchanges in Lithuania, like, they're not going <laughs> to give me paper. This was before, like, <laughs> this is before, like, know your customer was a thing. Like, it was, and this was in 2014, 2015. So, and you have no trust issues with the. No, with I do. I, I just so so. Here's an example. So I just moved. Okay, here's an example. I just moved thousands of dollars worth of crypto, and it cost me less than a dollar to do it. That's power. Like that, if, yeah, but if I went free, to buddy. a bank, if I, no, it's, well, it is to some degree, but if I went to a bank, <laughs> if I went to a bank, they're going to ask me why I'm doing it. They're going to have all these questions and then they're going to charge me to do it. And it's going to take 24, I mean, Days. to get my state farm checked, it was like <laughs> almost 48 hours. Well, but you did ignore the email for a while. Well, once I still, once I accepted it, once I accepted it, it still almost took forty eight hours to hit my account, which is insane. Like it's insane, and like I could send, depending on the currency, uh, crypto, I could send you, and you'll get it here in the next three or four minutes. Send me one. I don't <laughs> one bitcoin. I don't one, know yes. what I have. Right wait, now. I mean, there wait is, a minute, be careful what you there say. Is, <laughs> there, there is like a it's one like you go to Walmart, you buy something, put it on your debit card. It'll be out of your account before you leave the parking lot. Yeah. Now, if you go take that product back and return it to Walmart, you'll get the credit five days later. And you're like, wait a minute. This is the same system. It's the same exact system. But, like, they'll sit on your money for five days. But they can literally have it out of your account in three minutes. Yep. And it's just like, oh. Well, debit's supposed to be treated like cash. And they're so used to – it used to be like a law. They could not give you debit back on your debit it had to be cash out of the drawer back because it's considered cash at the terminal. So like when I worked at finish line, that was something that we do all the time. 
Um, and I think that's changed because now that never happens. So I don't know what happened, but this seems to have changed. We're in a pandemic. They're, they're begging you not to spend coins. But, um, but anyway, so I, I just like, I really want people like I don't want you to get invested in it. Like I'm saying, go sign up for a Coinbase account. It's you're going to get free money. Give a referral code. Probably, <laughs> but I don't know what else to top my head. It's in the same. I don't. It's like, but you have to spend money to for me to get paid. Like you have to spend like a hundred bucks, and I'm like nobody's going to do that. So just, I bet sign up for a free account. Watch the videos. It's called Earn, I think, and you learn about all these crazy different types of technologies. And I just love it because of the the whole like free market. Like people are trying to solve legitimate problems. Um, and you're at the you're at the cutting edge of a new financial system. Is the, is the way you're viewing it. Correct. Well, and, and versus I mean, the old banking and system that's just that's based on yeah, and that's days just and one days. part of it, right? Like that's the whole decentralized finance part. There's the whole part where you build apps on it. There's the whole like now they have like non fungible tokens that are coming out, so like people are being able to create like digital artwork. Uh, I think Lamborghini or Porsche or somebody's going to start using NFTs to like uh, to go with the car, so that way that, that you know like something's authentic. Um, and then when the seller hands it, they can hand the token over as well. And then they own the token and you have the car and like, it's a way to kind of, it solves the counterfeit problem pretty well. So, so the disconnect, I guess that I have is that all of this cryptocurrency in theory, originally when it was pitched and this conversation we had about Matt Moore spending his, spending his cryptocurrency 10 years ago is that it's designed to be spent, right? It's, 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 it has a value and you're supposed to use it to exchange for goods or services. And yet we're also having this conversation about how it's appreciating. So if a currency is appreciating so fast, people don't want to spend it. It doesn't at that point, it's disconnected from being a a useful tool for exchange. So, so that is a thing, right? And so now you have people creating stable coins that are pegged to the U S dollar that I don't necessarily care about, but stable coins help, get rid of the volatility. So, but it still allows you to transfer money very quickly and it's trying to solve that. So, um, uh, it's USDC. I think there's like tether, but like, I think I've talked about tether on here before and like, it's kind of, they're a private entity and no one knows like how many they're printing. Like they could be creating money out of thin air. No one has no idea. Um, but some of them are, some of them are not that way, but people see that as a problem and they're, they're trying to do stuff to get it. But, it's no different if you go to uh, – again, this is like our privilege problem, right? If you go to other countries that don't have banking and they start installing banks, getting 6% interest is a thing that happens because they want to start loading their banks and getting the money into the banks. So in developing countries, when they start building up banks, you get really, really, really good interest rates because the banks need your money to start being able to start loaning it out. I would imagine there's probably also much more risk of failure. On on the, the financial banks. side, though, the banks also, when they charge interest, they're they're not charging two point seven five percent for a thirty year mortgage either, right? right. I mean, I uh, there's a bank in India that that was publicly traded, and the margins that they made on loans. Now, the like you said, the risk is higher, but holy cow, they printed money, oh, right? Yeah. And so, and like that that the 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 part of the process that's kind of interesting for me is you know, like you were talking about the NFTs. Uh, top shots, the one where it's like NBA, yeah, NBA yeah. holograms of people like Zion Williamson doing a dunk. Right. Yep. And it's selling for 30 grand. Yeah. And part of me wonders, like if we're not in a pandemic where people are bored at home and have extra money and stimulus, cause they're not spending it on vacations and those that like, what are those really worth? Right? right. But, but you even look at like the, the, the tangible things, right. Trading cards are going for all time. Everything right that's now. collectible. I was listening to a podcast today with Pat Flynn. 
Um, and if anybody listens to it, but you should uh, smart passive income. So he was talking about like he's getting into Pokemon um, because the pandemic, all of these collectible markets have blown the fuck up. Like, because everybody's sitting at home. It's after 8 o'clock, Zach. We're okay. Yeah, I was, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Every time there's I do a, it. There's a house rule, Billy. Uh, we don't use certain words until after 8. And they never tell me what these angry. Words, yeah, I never know what, what rule it is. But anyway. Uh, but anyways, they've blown the heck up. And uh, yeah, so well, I mean, you've, you're very. You can't I, get your virginity back. To, uh, you, you're, you're good now I at can. this point. You've done it. So, but I'm, I'm just trying to agree with Billy here. Like, yes, like it's like not only like the NFTs are coming in at a good time because it's we need a way to help solve counterfeit problems, especially in collectibles. And like, I think the NFTs are a good solution for this because Disney essentially could print their own or print, but create their own NFTs for their collectibles and start handing them out to them. And then those things can be traded. And they define NFT for me one more time. Non fungible token. Non fungible token. And it's just a thing. It's a, it's a, it, you said it's artwork. It's like a blockchain. So it's, it's a token that you is backed by a blockchain. So the idea is that you, and these are built on different current crypto. It's probably built on Ethereum or something. I have no idea, but, um, so yeah, like you would, like if you have something that's scarce and you want them to, to be, have some sort of like, a. It's the whole concept of like a pawn shop, you know, half the time the story sells the product, right? Like it's, and you're like, I, there's no way to verify that this is to build that verification process, the integrity in the, in the history of something. And it, that it will help validate that to help maintain its value versus like, you know, going into the pawn shop and Rick's like, well, I know a guy. And that guy's like, well, this was Mark Twain's whatever. And he's like, well, that sounds like a great story. I'll give you 400 bucks for it. Like now they have like, they can go back and be like, hell yeah, he did actually own this. And like, they can go back and look at the history of the, of the transactions and stuff has gone. So they can pedigree it. Whatever that means. Yes. So it's like an electronic ledger. It's what the, that's what the block certificate of authenticity that then logs everything. That's what it's also transactional. Really know that it was John Voight's car. Yes. You're telling me. Yes. So at the end of the day, don't just need dental. The blockchain, all it is, is a ledger. So think about all the things that ledgers would help with. And if they are very, and they let the whole point of a blockchain is it maintains what? integrity. What about the privacy advocates out there who don't want all their shit recorded? Well, then is there get incognito an mode? No, that's what Pivx is for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but anyway, so that's that's the whole thing. I like just get into crypto, learn about it, and don't be afraid of it. You don't even have to spend money; just go in and learn about it. <sighs> I have a question for Billy, though. The floor is yours. I'm intrigued. Perfect. So here's the thing that is very weird for anybody who's never talked to a like financial advisor or anything or wealth manager. How do you get paid? Yeah. So, cause it's very weird, right? You go, like you go to these offices, you talk to these people, you never exchange any feels, money. Feels free. And you're like, everybody's like, how do you pay? I'm like, I don't know, man. I was like, I think they make 1% of something. And I was like, 1% is good enough for me. Cause there's like the whole fiduciary thing or oh, whatever. Yeah. So if you, I think they, it would be a good time to talk about that to people who are listening because I don't know how to explain it. I don't fully understand it. They went over it with me. I was drinking beer and I was like, whatever, man. 1% sounds good. <laughs> Did you invest under the influence? Is this what happened? Uh, no. no. I mean, it takes many beers for me to come under the influence. That's fair. So I, uh, like my industry doesn't have like a, this is how you do it. And, and this is the blueprint that everybody can see which is, which adds to the confusion. Um, 
there are some people that, that they'll charge you hourly, right? You come in, you talk, they'll send you a bill at the end of the day and, and, and you kind of get what you get out of that. Um, and, and it's always really important to me. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm a CFP, uh, which is just three letters after my name, but certified financial planner. Uh, and part of that is that I, I take a fiduciary role or I, I put my client's interest ahead of my own. Right. And so that, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it's always really important for me when somebody comes in for the very first time, we never charge a fee for somebody to sit down and talk to us. Um, and so you're, you never have to feel like you're on the clock or, oh my gosh, I've got to make sure I've got this much money before I can invest with him. And, and different advisors have different, different levels in which they'll, they'll talk to people or they'll say, Hey, I need to make at least this much. We don't personally do that. Somebody but, might say you need to have $50,000 in investable right. assets before you're going to be a client of mine. Yeah. Right. And I, th- this is part of my problem is I've got friends where I'm like, I've been trying to get them to go see somebody. Cause I'm yeah. like, look, I don't know how to invest. Like when I went to talk to mine, they're like, you don't know how to invest. I go, you're damn right. That's why I'm here. Cause I was like, you've got money, but you're not doing anything with it. I was like, yeah, yep. cause I'm afraid of losing it. I, even though it's depreciating, I would depreciate it faster if I was given behind it. <laughs> there's, so. there's, there's three main things that I tell every single person in our first meeting. Um, and, and number one is uh, that, you know, anytime there's compensation in it for us, you're going to know what's in it for us. Right. And, and typically we manage assets uh, for a fee, right? So our, our highest fee is 0.95%. As you have more money with us, that percentage starts to drop. The way I would say that is like, if you have, $50,000 or if you have $500,000, it's not 10 times more work to do a $500,000 account as it would be a 50,000. It's more work, but it's not 10 times more. So we start to lower that fee. Um, so, but, but that's, what's important is like, you know, as we work together, sometimes we'll do a life insurance policy. Sometimes we'll create a financial plan for you. We don't charge for that financial plan. Uh, my, my terrible joke is for our financial plans that we create for people. If you think we did a good job, please tell somebody. And if you think we did a bad job, please keep that to yourself. Right. And other than that, we're going to have a great time. Um, but, but that's, that's one of the three main keys is like, this is what's in it for us. And anytime you open an account with us, there's a form that says, if you have X amount of dollars, your fee is 0.95%. We bill that once a month and it comes straight from your account. And there is some, there is some, uh, so you're winning even when we're losing. But when it comes, but my goals in your account is to grow it, so is to grow it, so I make yes. more. And if if March of 2020 happens and and accounts drop, you know, like the market was down 30 percent, a lot of our accounts were down in that 16, 17 percent range. Our income went down, absolutely, and it was real. And so that puts our interest in line, right? It's right. not something where you come into the office, I'm going to make a eight percent commission, and you're never going to hear from me again. Yeah. And there are people in the industry that do that, and so it's it's really important if you're meeting with a financial advisor to ask that question. How the heck do you get paid? Yeah. Cause I did. Cause I was like the second meeting. I'm like, look, we haven't exchanged money. This is weird. <laughs> I need to understand how you get paid. And I, it's 1% and I don't understand where they're pulling the money from. Sure. No idea. I, I know I opened an account with them. Maybe it's from there, but um, I, lo- I looked at it this way and I, I've told my friends, I was like, look, if they grew, if they made me a million dollars and they want 10 grand, have at it. I'm okay with that. And they're like, it would only be 10 grand. I'm like, Oh, that's 1%. So like I'm cool with, I'm like, they could have made 5%. I still would have been okay with it. Cause I'm like, you made me a million dollars. I don't give a shit, but it's just like trying to, I want people to talk to people because I feel like that's something that is missing and people don't handle money well. So that's, um, that, that's, that's a great segue, Jesse, into what I wanted to ask Billy about is when, when, and you know, a lot, we have a lot of younger listeners. We have people yeah. across oh, all yeah. ages, but there's a lot of folks that listen to us during college or in the, in the very early stages of their careers when should they start to have a relationship with somebody like you? 
Yeah, I mean, I and when does it when does it make sense? Because obviously, if you're if you've got a four hundred one k at work, you're not necessarily going to invest that with with Aurora. But what when do they start having that conversation? And how does how, what's that progression? And I'm going to tack a question on there. Do you, or maybe is like, do you guys also help people with debt stuff and like a lot? Because yeah. you said financial planning, and part of that's debt. Hundred so percent. Yeah, I, that's kind of why I want to tack it because people will be like, "Well, I got debt, I can't talk to you," and I'm like, "That's not how this works." So, sorry. so a uh, kind of a minute misconception of, of our industry and how it works is you don't need to have the $250,000 ready to go ready like today to start working with a financial advisor. There are advisors that will hold minimums out like that, but, but in your area, there's probably somebody that's willing to help you through some of those stages. Um, a big part of what I do and a, a big reason of why I get out of bed in the morning is to help people do what they want to do. Right. And, and I work with a lot of my friends that, and I'm, I'm 34 years old. Um, and, and, there aren't a whole lot of 34 year olds with a million dollars ready to invest. Right. And so what we've done and how we've created things is my friends that are business owners that have good jobs that had a lot of student loan debt or some other sort of didn't do things right. The right, uh, coming out of school, we would sit down with them. We would say, okay, here's uh, when we talk about debt, debt's math, right? right? I mean, exactly. there's, there's motion involved, emotion involved with it, but it's math. And, and so if I can help mathematically show this is how you get to a better spot sooner, that gets them to a spot where they can start saving money sooner. Right. And so I would recommend you talk to an advisor before you're ready to start investing because he, he or she can help you get to that spot to more efficiently save more. Right. Right. To make it so you don't have to work until you're 70 years old, to make it so you can buy that second home or the boat or the car, whatever it is you want to buy. And, and so that relationship generally needs to start a little bit before you're actually ready. Right. Because that's going to help lay that foundation for here's the most efficient way to do this, that, or the other. And I, th- I was going to say for you, and this is something I've told one of my friends who has gone to one and then, you know, they've got some debt and they're like, well, they don't want to talk to me. I was like, it's not that they don't want to talk to you. I was like, that you just need to follow what they're saying. Um, and I think like if people were to follow that, your advice, right, you, that's good for you as a, a customer, or a, sorry, as a service provider, you trust them now, Yeah, you know, and oh, yeah. they are ready to make the financial leaps and Again, like my financial or my wealth managers are like, you're going to hate us for a while. And I was like, ah, like the biggest side. But I was like, I know, like I need to do this. Because they were trying to change your behavior? Uh, Just put money back um, and start living with less. Like, because again, I was letting it sit in my account and not do anything with it. Because I was like, I, I, if I put it in the market, I will lose it. I know I will because I will make the dumbest decisions with it. Um, to the point, like even the, the money that I get from my company now, like I call my guy up like every three months. I'm like, should we, should we be selling it? Like I'm very antsy. Cause I'm like, we're at an all time high. We should be selling. Right. He's like, no, I think we should sell. We think we should hold. I'm like, I don't agree, but <laughs> this is why I'm paying you. But it's about, so, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuine with them, you know? And like, but I'm like, I trust their guidance. Cause I was like, this is what they do for a living. I don't do this. And part of mine is different. My goals are typically different. I feel like than some people that come in, you still have like the people, but I'm like, I want to be financially independent, right? Like I want to be debt free. And it seems like that that's a rare customer for them because they're like, well, why you you have the money to cover all your assets and all your debt. Like you're fine. I'm like, it's, it's a, it's a mental state thing for me. That's, so. that's the emotion part we were talking about with that. Right. Like I, I can create for somebody that I think is the best. I'm a little biased. Sure. But I can create the best financial plan in the history of time for somebody. Yeah. But if it puts them in an uncomfortable situation, they're not going to do it. Right. Right. And so, and so it's a really fine line to figuring out here's what the numbers say, right? Right. Here's what you should do. 
interest rates are at an all time low, right? Yep. So if, if you've got your car loan and it's 2% and we can go out and earn on average six, seven, eight percent in the market, right. the math says don't pay that stinking loan off. Right. Take this all is that why money you laughed at me when I said I want to pay my car off. Yeah. Because you laughed. And I was <laughs> like, he knows I know exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> but, but it's I understand it, but, I mean, but it's emotion. Jesse, it's risk, right? Yeah, it's risk. But it's also my experience that the people that are very aggressive in paying down debt are also the people that aren't going to turn around with that same dollar and go go waste it on something after they've paid. Oh it yeah, off. it's just going to send a bank right? account. And <laughs> well, it better it better not because the banks aren't paying anything either, right? So you got to put in something that grows exactly. over time. But it's a short term conversation. So if Jesse had a loan on a on a thirty thousand dollar car versus aggressively paying it off, you're it's not that much of a spread in the, in the greater scheme of things, whether there's, there's $30,000 or $40,000 at 2% interest versus paying it off and hurrying up and investing. A, a, a math problem is easier to solve than a behavior problem. Right. right? Yeah. And, and so the, the opposite of that is the people that have $30,000 of credit card debt that spend more than they make every month that don't have any way of saving. If you that's a harder whole, case that's a to work through and that's a tougher conversation. And, and sometimes there are times where I kind of feel like a school principal calling somebody to the office and scolding them to save more money. Yeah. Um, I like as, as we've grown and, and as we have our relationships over time, getting through that first phase to get to the spot where now you've got people that are setting aside X dollars a month and still spending what they want to spend and, and planning for their future. Some of that is just being able to visualize it. Yeah. Right. And that's where working with an advisor it, um, might, might work out pretty well for you is, why do you save money? Like nobody actually likes saving money. Right. Right. There's, there's no, like if I get something, I want to go buy this now. I want to go buy that now. It's really hard to conceptualize something in the future if you don't have a visual of it. And some people are numbers learners. Some people are pictures learners. Um, we, we use a software that, uh, sounds like a really bad rapper's name. It's called e-money. Uh, that's um, what I, that's what yeah. So, so e-money so. is a really good way of just helping people visualize their financial plan. Yeah. And it's amazing. The lights that turn on when they see that, like yeah. if I do this, that puts me on track to not have to work until I'm 75 years old. Right. And, and so um, kind of going back to your original question, like when should somebody start dealing with a financial advisor, find that comfortable relationship, find that person you trust uh, and, and start earlier rather than later, because it really in the grand scheme of things, if it helps alter your behavior just a little bit, or if it helps realize that I need to start doing this just a little bit sooner, um, the single most powerful tool in my entire industry is compound interest. Right. Right. If you have a hundred dollars and you make ten percent, that's great, but that's ten dollars. Yep. But if you have a million dollars saved and you make ten percent, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. And so the earlier you can get those numbers larger, uh, in terms of just helping that work in your favor, the easier the rest of the financial plan becomes, the more flexible it becomes. Right. So that if you said you want to retire at sixty and you're fifty six or seven years old and you think, Man, I don't want to go into this bullcrap job every day for the next three years, we've saved enough money that you don't have to. Right. So if you're listening to the the Dave Ramsey school, he says 15%, right? So in in your mind or the way that you educate your clients, is it about, I guess, ratios and making sure, hey, if you're taking care of this much, then the rest of the lifestyle you can do, you know. Rule, rules of thumb are really good for, for figuring out a baseline, but those are averages right. and nobody's average, right? And so, you know, if if you if you are a person that likes to do a lot of these things yourself, that would be a good guideline to say, Hey, I need to save this much to get to this amount so that I can retire. But, but that's not what your life's going to be, right? Not everybody needs the exact dollar amount. Some people are still going to have mortgages in retirement. Some people want to have that, a lot of traveling. Other people are going to sit on that rocking chair and just really enjoy time. 
And and so not everybody's going to be the they're gonna, same. They're going to buy their $800 a year Westwood golf club membership. <laughs> and it's, and that's all they're going to do. And they're going to be just fine. And, yeah. but, but, but that's, that's exactly it. Like averages are good for starting. Right. And you, part you of your get job, something that's fairly specific to you though. And yeah, I was going to say part of their job is to figure out and that's what they do with me. It's like, what is, what do you want your lifestyle to be or whatever, you know, kind of. What exactly? How did you explain yourself to your financial advisor? I actually want to know this too. (laughs) So, well, no. So that's part of the thing, right? Is they're like, well, do you have the PDF which you mailed in? Because I'd I'd love to. No, this was an in person. It was an in person thing. So, uh, no, they made you come up with it on the spot. Billy gave me a minute when I worked with him. Oh no, like no, we showed up in a room and it was very weird. And there were candles. I met the CEO or whatever the company. (laughs) Got schmoozed by him, and he said some things that I like that I won't talk about, but. Just because it's not great, but, um, uh, but yeah, I was just like, uh, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I want to be financially independent. I eventually want to work towards uh, having my own business or something. Like I don't, I want an exit. I want as a thing. I don't know why you always it's not anymore. It. <laughs> You'll, you haven't ever shared your Etsy link. So, oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, but the, the goal though, right. Is like, I want to be, I don't want to have debt. I, I do want to start something. I don't know what it is. Like uh, the Etsy thing is just to like kind of backfeed something else. Right. But um, in the time I've known you, I've known you over 10 years. Yeah. You've consistently said that you want to have automation. So you want to have passive income and consistent. Yeah. And that, I that's your, you're driving tweaking on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I but get, not by investing necessarily, but you, you want a, an independent business that is passively generating money. Yeah. With little overhead. And I do that, right? Like I get checks that enter my account. I get like 150 bucks a month, probably at this point, uh, to 200 that just hit an account that I really don't lift fingers on. Like, and it just happens. So it's, and, and part of my, was something I do want to help. I want to help coach people to learn how to do that. And then like it helps people like Billy over here, like get them into retirement and stuff. But it's like people, like, I don't know, people find like making money to some people is the most difficult thing. And it's like, to me, there's too many ways to make money. And it's what do I do to make money? And like, that's where like I stumble, but to answer like, what is my lifestyle? I was like, that was it. I was like, I just don't, I want, it's after eight. Yep. You're fuck fine. you money <laughs> to where I can go into my job. And the day, and this happened, like I I've done this historically in my life many times when I didn't have fuck you money. <laughs> Cause I had my parents to go home to. <laughs> But, you know, like I built up a nest egg of like a couple grand. And then I was Look, like, man, you know, I got 1500 bucks. I don't need to work here anymore. Uh, that's seriously what happened. I was like, I'm fucking out. I, mean, I did that in high school. No, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. did it in high school. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but then like at finish line, like I worked there for so long and I was like, you know, I got like, now, wait a minute. You weren't the retail employee. You, you downplay your finish line. Exp- you, you were, I was in IT. You were high level. Yeah. Well, I you started, were also my I started there though as a customer care agent. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. can't imagine calling you asking yeah, for help. People didn't like it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's why I went to IT. <laughs> <laughs> My sneakers messed up. Put yeah. a ticket in. But anyway, so I, I made up some money or whatever, you know, and I don't, I was like, cool. And I took it like a six month sabbatical that I paid for. And then I was like, well, I'm running out of money. I need to go back to work. And I've, I'm to that point again where I'm like, I need to figure out what the hell I'm doing because I'm to a point where, and this is the back to paying my debt down. I had consumed a house, a mortgage when I quit and I still have money to pay all that. Cause I live very, very low. Like I think my housing payment is like $497. 
Welcome Henry County. Mortgage. Yeah. And uh, that, the, when I went to the Henry County is the greatest. When I went to the Lincoln dealership, that guy was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "That's he's incredible. like, how many roommates do you have?" I was like, "No, no, no, no I actually have." An I was like, apartment. "It's actually a duplex." It's the best <laughs> all my property. all my all my coworkers are like, "Why don't you move to Indy?" I'm like, "I you're." It'll cost you your two car garage costs more than my entire house. Yeah, and there's all and there's a thousand houses just like it in Newcastle. So it's uh, so I, I have a really low standard of living, and I I do that on purpose. And now you, I think you need to work into the conversation a few more times that there is a dish named after you at the Mexican restaurant. I don't get paid for it though, not yet. <laughs> I just I, I think that's important. That's a, we, that's need, a key... we need to step up your passive income to include Mexican yeah. restaurants. I, I, I need to get orders the Jesse. I need to get referral uh, referral money for the Mexican restaurant. That's for sure. But I, I think it's it's also like as you start talking about that, like you, your life has changed how many times in the last ten years, right? right? And so saying you want to do something today is cool and it's 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 awesome. But but part of the deal is you have to build enough flexibility so that as your life changes you can do the new thing too. Right. right. So if, if you get the perfect opportunity to start whatever you, whatever you want right. uh, in terms of a business and it's going to create the passive income or, or the active and passive income that you need, you want to be able to take advantage of that. Exactly. Uh, and then if you do that and it works out great, awesome sail off into the sunset, but if it doesn't do what you want it to do, you know that you're still at least marketable enough to go back and, and, and get a job in, exactly. in what you were doing before. And so life's never going to go as planned and having that flexibility or having an emergency fund to access or having those type of things, the people that did the best through last year were the people that were flexible. Yeah. Uh, and the people that, that unfortunately were hurt the worst were the people that they, they had one way of making an income. They had one path of doing things they had. And, and some of that is always going to be luck, right? Yep. If, if, if the four of us started a restaurant instead of doing what we do for a living, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we would have made it through last year. Right. And, and, and you know, like we didn't right. And we were in the industries that we're in and, and, and we were fortunate enough to still have jobs and do the things that we need to do. But um, the people that were flexible to work through those situations are the people that came out ahead. Yeah. I like, I, yeah, as this, as this pandemic hopefully comes to a close, I've got <laughs> legit fear about like, I don't want to have to go back to work because <laughs> like I, I filled my car up like three weeks ago and I put a hundred miles on it in your, three your weeks. Your gas is going stale, Zach. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And before I was putting, you know, 80 miles a day on it and I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I hope they don't make us go back full time because I'm like, I'm kind of enjoy and it's little things. Like I, I walk over and I pick my son up from school every day and I walk over, he gets mad. He's like, where's the car? I'm like, it's <laughs> right there, son. We can see it from the school. But yeah, it's that kind of routine I've gotten into. I kind of, I like, I, drew, I was driving around at lunch today, running errands. I'm like, I'm still in my town. It was just like a fascinating thing because normally I'm golf in Indy and I don't know anybody over there and then I come home and nobody here knows me either because I'm, I'm in, <laughs> oh, I'm in India, India. Yeah. The, uh, I would say like, I think that's another thing. I mean, we can't talk about too long, but is like, I definitely designed air quotes for those who can't see like my career too. So like I knew at a young age, like this is what I, this is why I quit so many jobs. Cause I was like this, you're not rewarding me for, and this is like kind of like where I think people need to also talk to like a, a life coach or something. But I was like this, I need to do this. Cause a, like the future is technology. And if I don't get in it, I'm going to be left behind. And you know, my dad was a construction worker and stuff. So I had kind of had like the juxtaposition of like making an audible, watching my dad break his back 
and go, yep, not going to do that. Also, I just a fat kid and couldn't tell. <laughs> so like, but I was like, you know, I'm going to go do this. And I, cause I was like, I saw automation happening. Like I was like, all this stuff can be automated. Like what? And this is like, I'm 13 years old. And it's why to come the hell fruition. do you do this when you could just get a computer to do this for you? Yeah, and that's, it, that's, it, we're coming to the fruition of that. And now it's now we're having to think talk about UBI and all this other insanity. But um, it, so it's I'm I know that I'm an outlier. So when I talk to people, they're like, "Well, I, that's not me." I'm like, "I know." I, I you need to talk to people though. Like, and I, you need to talk to life coaches. You need to talk to your financial like coaches. You need to talk to people because uh, you can't do it on your own. Like, there's I. I can't do my job 100% and also worry about my investments all the time. Like I'm just not effective. I mean, I have a job for a reason, right? Yeah. And and there are there's probably 10% of people that they could do their own financial planning, they could do their own investments, they can weather any storms. You know, like the, the market doesn't go straight up in the air, unfortunately, right? It's not it doesn't go from point A to point B and it's that nice straight line that gets you there. It's it's volatile along the way. And there are about 10% of people that can handle that and not make the worst possible. Like in 2009 when the market crashes and they go to cash and they never get back out of cash and the market goes up 600% and they've lost out on that. Yeah. In March of 2020, at the bottom, the market's down 30% on the year. I think it dropped about 34, 35% total in about a four-week period. And there are those people that sold at the very bottom and then they stayed out. Didn't get back in. Didn't get back in until all-time highs again. And then the last seven days haven't been very good, right? Yeah. So, so there's always going to be those people that can do that and weather that storm and, and not make those bad decisions at the wrong time. I'm probably not a good fit for those people. Right. There's 10% of people that are just going to be gamblers, right? They're going to do the wall street bets. They're going to do the, the Robin hood game stops. I want to make a million dollars. Well, in tomorrow, ex- some of those people, if, if it's on the margin of what they have, if it's not a whole part of their world, then okay. It's the entertainment of I'm putting, I'm taking yep. Michigan state plus nine. Yep. Versus no, well, I'm plus not. 12, but yeah. oh, plus twelve. What? Oh God, you got screwed. <laughs> you, you did great, I guess. Uh, oh, it's not looking great. It's not looking great. There's twelve fifteen to play, and it's already outside. Oh, you may have lost five dollars. That's fair. You, you uh, can't claim the gambling losses, can you? I don't. This is my first year doing it. I don't know. I might get a ten ninety nine, and it'll show me all the all the money I lost. We'll find out. So we made Jesse describe himself, Zach. How would you describe yourself? Oh man, this is this here is, we go. Because I get the quirkiest friends. That's horrendous for me to, because he's like saying stuff. I was like, man, that kind of hurts. Um, I don't know. Bureaucrat. Like, you're, you're yeah, a I'm a bureaucrat. Yeah. Federal yeah. Government state employee. income. Yeah. State, federal, whatever. I have extreme, like my life is so flat and so boring. I realize at times I'm like, time just flies by. I didn't even realize, like I'm an old man sometimes. Like <laughs> I had a shock break on a truck. I'm like, I just put that on. It's been on for four years. <laughs> the four years just like went by like that. So um, I don't know. Like I sat back and I guess, well, cause one question I even had was, and it's probably a lot of people's fears I think a lot of people, and this would be me would go in and be afraid that, Oh, great. You're going to talk to me. I'm going to give you a reason why you can't have any fun until your retirement is here. We're going to plan for retirement between here and there. That fun life you had in your twenties that you couldn't afford, which I did is that's you just spin it all. And like, now it's going to take you 30 years to catch up. How often does that, how often do people come in thinking that's going to happen and it doesn't? You know, it's, it's pretty interesting that. Talk um, him off the cliff. He's already oh, yeah, on, on and yeah. is terrified <laughs> to pick up the phone. It's, 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 it's funny that a lot of people think it's going to cost so much money to save for the future. Right. And if you've got time on your side or if you've got, I mean, whatever. So you work for the state. Yeah. You've got a pension, right? Yeah. So 
the pension and whatever's left of when we retire social security is going to cover a portion of what you need. And so what you actually need to save for, you're not going to need to replace every dollar you make right now. Right. Cause there are things you're paying for today that you will not be paying yeah. for in retirement. Uh, kids are, are definitely one of those. Um, but Three the, TVs a year, you're going to be on maybe a TV every other year program. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. By the time you retire, <laughs> in case anybody, I was on a zero TV for, for almost my entire life. I got the, I bought my first, I paid for my first TV at 36 and now I'm four TVs in at 38 and two of them were in a month. Thank you, children. <laughs> yeah. But, but like also like you're saving for your retirement right now. Well, you're not saving for your retirement when you're retired. Right. So if that's, if you're saving 10% of what you make, you're not saving 10% in retirement. You're paying social security. You're paying into social security and Medicare. That's 7.65%. I've already taken away like 30% of your income right now of yeah. money that you never I, see. I, I used to, right? when I had more free time at work and we've been all kinds of crazy stuff going on, but like, well, I would, there's, there's actually somebody puts together what's called a social security digest. And it's like these pull articles about social security and put them in a thing. And I would like skim through it. And it talked about the fact that like, the average person only needs to replace like 60 to 70% of their income because yep. you're not commuting. You're probably, you might be eating out for fun, but you're not like buying lunch at the food truck or whatever at the time. So yes, yeah, some, cause I remember I, I got in my car today to leave to go do something. And they said, you, you only have to have, you know, two and a half million dollars in savings. They'll get you a hundred thousand dollars a year. I was like a hundred thousand dollars a year in Newcastle. You're living like a baller. Like in New, <laughs> I'm like, there. that's a cost of living for a community that I don't live in. And, but, but yeah, that was kind of, kind of a thought I had was like, and you mentioned like somebody saving for a car or for a second house. It's like a lot of people are probably afraid that they're going to go into that and be told none of that's possible. And that's sure. not what the goal is. But if you give somebody like a carrot in their current life <laughs> to look forward to and not just 30 years down the road. And that's a lot of what we set up too is, you know, like you want to be rewarded for doing better, right? Whether that's a, a raise, whether that's a promotion, whether that's some of those. Things. And so if we set that up, if, if I do my job on the front end and I set you up correctly to succeed, as those raises come in, as those bonuses come in, as those, maybe we spend 50 cents on the dollar. So you reward yourself for what you, what you've done. Right. And, and you, it makes you encouraged to keep doing that. And you're not going to miss the other 50 cents because you're already built your life the way you want to, or you're already saving the way you need to. You can go spend 50 of those cents. You can save 50 of those cents for, for something long-term or midterm yeah. in the future. And then some of that is a lot of people don't optimize their current situation. And it's because they don't know, right? It's maximizing the benefits they, that you get through work, whether that's uh, through stock options, whether that's through a match on your 401k, whether that's that was something HSA. That I, yeah, whether they exposed that's, yeah. that for me. Like I, and, I wasn't taking a, a control of our purchase plan, which – It's free money. It was free. Not only was it free money, the way that our stock fell, I literally doubled everything I put in. Like I put in like whatever the max is for like an ESPP, which is like uh, like 12 grand or something like that. And so the diet that I went to buy, the stock had already jumped over a hundred. Like it went from like one thirty to like two hundred. You got the magic of, and you got and it at one thirty. I got it at one thirty. You got the magic of the low, and with the fifteen percent off of that price. And so I literally all the money I put instantly doubled overnight. Yep. Yep. And so and it's it's like stuff like that. I was like, this is amazing. And this you, is the most amazing you, thing. You don't know to ask those questions. Like, there's not a course in high school where it's like, hey figure out how to maximize your employer's benefits or, right. or your don't, financial plan. Right. Don't sell that for a year at least. No, I know. Yeah. Keep, right. keep, keep those long-term <laughs> I, have, I have a wealth manager. Right. <laughs> so, but, but some of that is well, like, that's, that's why, probably why, why you're should, saying don't sell it. Yeah. 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 Hold on to it for a year for the tax reasons. Why you should meet with somebody is, is in theory, if, if they're okay at what they do, they should be at least be able to bring some light to that to you to maybe help you see things in a different way that you haven't seen before. 
Um, and if, if that relationship starts off with, hey, by the way, I'm going to save you $7,500 a year in taxes and you're going to save $10,000 more and it's only going to cost you $2,500, that's a pretty good relationship to start, right? Yeah. You, you've paid for whatever that guy's going to charge you. Uh, that's a biased statement. But you're, you're going to pay for a lot. Of, you've got a lot of value out of whatever that fee is, assuming that fee is reasonable. And there's like, and that's, so the other thing is the tax savings through like, if you have kids, right, putting money into the, uh, like, there's 529. like a 529 and like, so essentially putting money into like accounts pre-tax. So that way you actually, you're saving money and not actually losing money on your end. Wait a minute. Is, is a financial advisor actually going to talk, a wealth advisor going to actually talk you into getting yourself married, Jesse? Is this, are you settling down? No. For financial no, reasons. I just because it sounds no, like you're you're starting to you're no, ready to adopt a kid. No, this is it was something my boss. I've got one, time, but he, he might lose money. <laughs> yeah, it was something that one of my managers did at the time. Right, he was like, "Look, they've helped me with this. Like, I didn't know about this. I was like, all right, like, because again, I had coworkers who were like, you need to get this employee stock purchase thing. Like, I don't trust you with financial anything. I'm <laughs> better than everyone here almost. I need to talk Look, to someone Susan, who, your hair is purple. I don't care about your financial advice. Yeah. So I had to talk to someone. I was like, this is their job. And they're like, yeah, you're an idiot for not doing this. I go, all right, then we should be start doing this. And that was where they were telling me like, uh, you're going to hate us. Cause they're like, you're going to max, you're going to tap this out. Um, and then, and, and there will be one day where that light turns on and you're going to thank them. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, the day I get to cash it out and pay my house off, I'd be like, thank you. At a 2% interest rate, I wouldn't do that, but. I don't have that much left. <laughs> I, do, I do remember one. There's like weird bits of financial information that get stuck in your head. I had a finance prof in college and he was talking about student loan debt. And he's like, man, I've got coworkers with a quarter of a million dollars in student loan debt. He's like, and they are going to die with some of that debt probably around. Yeah. It's like, because they're making more money with their money somewhere else. He's like, cause they're doctors. That's they they got PhDs and finance or whatever. He's like, their money's so cheap. He's like, they're never going to pay it off. He's like, so when you get out of here, if you have a student loan day, he's like, if you can make, if you can invest it and do something smarter with it and make more money, he's like, do that. He's like, cause I, and I was like, I never forgot that it was one of those little bits of information where you know, a lot of people are like, get rid of the debt, get rid of the debt, get rid of the debt. But the debt's really cheap. If you can make it up on the other and end. And you can make it up on the other end. And don't, don't say, well, I'm not going to pay that off and then just like go buy an Xbox. That's not smart. But it, yeah, it's, it's a math, know, it's a math problem if you can get past sometimes. So. <laughs> you could meet a good financial advisor that way. <laughs> It's uh, it, but it is subscribe a, to Patreon for the for the back end story <laughs> for your financial hacks. <laughs> if I, you can, if you can get past the emotion of it, the numbers always make sense. Yeah, it, but it, it's it's insane uh, how that was brought to light to me by talking. To, I'm promoting financial advisors because I love them as much as I hate them. I love them <laughs> only because Same, like right what a, what, a, what a great promotion. <laughs> Uh, they just, again, it makes you, again, nobody wants to save money, yeah. but like, it's like, I, I look at it as like an accountability partner. You're like, if somebody's trying to get sober, if you're trying to do these things, you're like, I'm trying not to be in debt. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to just let my money sit in banks to get negative interest rates or or 0.12 or whatever the hell they're giving out these days. Less than 0.1, I think. Right. But anyway, um, like, no, your job's awesome. I like I, when you said like, once I found out, I was, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a great chat. Well, you so. tried to get out of this like 500 times. No, I didn't. You did. I didn't I, have a I car. I have the documents. I didn't have a car. Oh, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Furious but, with you right now. But anyways. Furious. It was a great chat. It's been a great chat. <laughs> I told you you'd enjoy it. I know. I was, I it's wrangling. Getting people on this show, Zach, <laughs> is like wrangling at this I point. I just show up. I know. And, that's all, that's, and I berate you when you try to take a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah. Between... <laughs> Between hitting all the buttons, all the buttons I have to hit are in different corners of the room. Like we, there's no consolidation of said buttons, but yeah. 
We can talk about studio design later if we want to make some adjustments. <laughs> I love your guys' paper towels. Uh, They're I, the best part of this whole thing. Those, well, I was are, thinking, uh, the, Spangled, those are light diffusers. No, I know what they are for. Yeah. They're not diffusers. Those are paper towels. Yeah. But they do diffuse light. <laughs> those are, those I'm just are waiting for, I always look at those and think, is that a fire hazard? Like, <laughs> I, I, put my hand, I put my hand on them all the time. I go, How hot is that? Really? Like, <laughs> one of these days, we're going to be looking at Jeremiah's computer, and we're just going to see a little, little bit of smoke, and all of a sudden, you're just going to see like a little whoosh on the on the winging wheel back here. I mean, look around the room. This is It's like we are inside of a fireplace. We're probably most okay it is all brick everywhere i guarantee you the paint on this door <laughs> turned into the most toxic smoke you've ever experienced in your life I was, we're, we're, I most, was, we're mostly okay is generally not a uh <laughs> <laughs> i just i was looking at it earlier and i was like we just need to get some real diffusers <laughs> well I, we take donations well i was gonna say i'm gonna just buy them and send them to you. all right yeah, we can bring them by <laughs> all right you can use some crypto jesse yeah spend your bitcoin on some paper towel replacement i don't have that much bitcoin all right jesse we're we're entering final thoughts. Is there anything we need to clean up? Is there anything you want to talk about? I clean up. I don't hate financial advisors. <laughs> I really do like. He them. loves them so much. He hates. Them. Yeah, they, they, he they hates do, everybody. They provide so much value that I'm like, why? I hate that I didn't talk to one earlier in my life. That's pretty much what. I bet I'm that some people financial advisors are like personal trainers. Like in the moment, you are going to hate them. exactly, exactly. But they're exactly. But in, if they're a good one, they're telling you things you need to do to get where you need to be. Yeah. Usually, usually my relationship with, with clients liking me or hating me is directly related to how their accounts are performing. So <laughs> the last year, well, that's uh, true. From, from March on, it's uh, been okay. I've, I've had a lot of fans. There's uh, smiles. Yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll hopefully that keeps, keeps going. So Jesse, how do people find your Etsy account or, or, or your, I think your, just your, go to Google type Etsy and then Bitmover, B I T M as in Mary V as in Victor R as in Roger. And that should pull up. This You'll is the first time he's mentioned anything other than there is an Etsy store and we've never got it. What is the, uh, what's Bitmover mean? Uh, this is my uh, potential idea of having a, I want to create like a, like a, a main conglomerate and then explore different things. Cause I have too many things in my head. So you have an easel where you're selling the Linux penguin. Yep. Can you explain that? Does uh, the easel come with it or it's just a star? No, no easel comes. I probably should put that in the notes, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, one star, I only got the damn penguin. The, 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 the eagles, the easel did not show exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. So, so something I'm doing with the, all of these stickers are all public domain and or like open source. So I don't have to pay for them. Uh, so I don't have to pay any royalties. So like, that's the idea is like how, let me find a bunch of public domain stuff that people want and then scale it horizontally. And then I don't have to pay royalties. So we can we can literally go on this website and spend four dollars and buy a bitmover. Jesse I can even Riddle. get you a coupon soon, but I don't know what I know. <laughs> no smoking sign sticker. Hey, I probably yeah, I think I don't have those anymore. Um, or, so and now these are these aren't though. direct shipped. You are selling these yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these are these, not these are in your demand. house. These are in my house. That is my fridge where those were taken. On top of it. I bought the easel at Walmart. <laughs> so these are Okay. All right. That makes sense. So the, I shipped out four stickers today. It says that you have two, no smoking stickers still available. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, do. I haven't done a, how's, how's Etsy's inventory management software? The, the, the software is amazing. Like it's, it's the best, it makes, it blows eBay out of the water. And you're selling you, Mr. Anti-Government are selling NASA stickers. I haven't sold a single damn NASA sticker. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you, it's too expensive because it's really tiny. Have you tried Space Force? No, but I no, I don't even like that show. Well, it's oh, a, not the show. Sorry, you're talking about the whole trip. The, yeah, yeah, the branch. Wasn't there a movie called or a TV show? There, there's a Steve Carell yeah, Netflix deal. Don't recommend it. If you want to see witchcraft, though, by the way, watch that uh, SpaceX rocket land. I see WandaVision's on tomorrow. There was a, like a SpaceX landed a rocket. This yeah, week, the, and then it blew and up. Did like, it blow up on the ground? It, well, it landed and then it blew up. Uh, well, the landing part before the explosion is insane because it's coming down like this. And oh, at yeah. the last minute, it just turns vertically and just land. I'm like, what kind of witchcraft is this, that this thing just is slowly like belly flopping and then just turns vertically. It's I I've seen the, the old ones where they, they do that, but they do it way higher up that bigger one. Like it's a like big Bertha coming in and yeah, it's just like, yeah. And you're like, that is, is witchcraft. It is Elon witchcraft. I'm finishing up one last question on the big, on the, uh, on the Etsy. Your yeah. number one seller is the Linux Penguin? Oh, show. Okay. Every right. day. Sold one of those today and uh, sold the uh, the Bash. But I think I sold those through eBay. To it says five people have them in their cart right now. Yeah, I, I should probably send them, it's, it's, send them a coupon for 10% off. Lying to me, but yeah, there you go. All right. So DM Jesse or whatever, and we'll get to we'll get you there. Knock you 40 cents off. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll, uh, I'll if, I, if this is the thing, I'll just start <laughs> giving people discounts <laughs> on stickers that they don't want. Christy Avery is in the chat room right now demanding and asking for a link to the for the room. So, Christy, DM Jesse, and uh, he'll get you a coupon so you don't... Uh, get in my DMs, Christy. Yeah, get, huh? get all up in there. There you go. All right, Billy, how do people get in touch with you? We've had uh, we've, we've talked a little bit. People have got the opportunity to, uh, to to chat with you. You work, you're potent, you said, in like 16 states right now, but yeah, yeah, is uh, only a few, uh, an hour and a half away from here, so you're happy to work with uh, Henry County people. It is. I, I actually, I have a decent amount of uh, Henry County clients, yeah. So um, we, uh, our website's aurorafinancialstrategies.com. Um, actually, we're going through a, re- a website rebuild, so maybe don't go there for a couple of days, but before we get that live. But uh, you can also email me at billy at billycardwell.com. Uh, it's a lot easier to spell Billy Cardwell than it is Aurora Financial Strategies. So that's my email, billy at billycardwell.com. Very cool. Anything else we need to promote? Manchester football. Now, Manchester is where uh, I, I believe Henry County's amazing uh, basketball coach, Steve Alford, got his start. Steve Alford was there. He lasted um, like a season and a half before he uh, – catapulted up to greatness so he went southwest he, missouri state on he, he built west the best uh, basketball team in manchester history over a year and a half and then yeah straight from straight from there to southeast missouri and and where well, man he's uh i don't know where is he now uh nevada nevada so gotcha. is there, are we saying there's a college in kokomo so i went to manchester college oh okay after i, I grew up in kokomo went to manchester college played football gotcha um had a good time. That was my tight end joke about when we were. No, I doing got you. The, yeah, 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 we are. yeah, when we were doing the mic check before the mics turned on. I was just like, yeah. I, I was like Kokomo College. There's a college in Kokomo. <laughs> well, there there is an IU Kokomo, uh, gotcha. but that's uh, fighting I, I, I got I got away just long enough to uh, go experience college and college football, and then came right back home to Kokomo. There so. we go. Jesse, oh, gosh darn it, Jesse, uh, Zach. I mean, I've got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. It comes so much. Answer like, all <laughs> questions. You get no questions, nothing to follow up on. No I investment question. advice. I used my question no to deflect for my describe myself. Remember? <laughs> he did that. He did do something. It was, yeah, a little, was, piv- a little was, pivot. You did that was expert level. I try. All right. So definitely don't buy any GameStop now. We're done. We're out of the GameStop business. The that's, crypto's that's, down too right now. That's the advice. Yeah, my Dogecoin. I, 
I I put twenty five dollars into the uh, to the Robin Hood. I think I got twenty five dollars for the free stocks, and I think I have about thirty five dollars in Dogecoin now at this point. So I'm I'm up like net ten percent or ten uh, ten bucks. So you open for like a top ten finish in the Dogecoin car. Uh, yeah, this I, weekend. I figure if, if I figure if the Dogecoin Chevy finishes top five and uh, and we get another Elon and, tweet, and Elon tweets, <laughs> we get, it, it, you know, it will go up to. 10 cents and then uh, I'll sell it and buy again at the bottom. I don't know. Yeah. I went down 12% for the last 24 hours. I've lost $2,500 in Dogecoin. No, in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to excuse Zach so he can do all of the jobs that he doesn't get paid for. I want to thank Francis Lewis for doing the beer run. She's uh, she's awesome and incredible. My cousin, she went to Wisconsin, brought back the, uh, the spotted cow. She says she hasn't had any yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, she brought it. She brought this. Yeah. And uh, if she comes to visit me before the six pack that's at home gone, I will happily share some out of that for her. Uh, and uh, next week's show, we will have uh, Kyle Robbins on. Kyle is a uh, open wheel all star. I think he was the uh, Silver Crown Rookie of the Year two years ago, Newcastle, Indiana zone, and he's going to be uh, be doing the big tour uh, all over the country, pavement, dirt. Uh, essentially, a sprint car. But uh, we'll get into that next week. Very excited about it. We'll talk about it then. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.